0: have that one friend or that group of friends or maybe this is just your natural go-to that when they call you you just hit ignore Uh, you just reach over and you hit ignore you just let it ring until it goes to voicemail and you think man leave me a voicemail let me know what you need and I'll listen to it later and get back to you Or, or shoot me a text you know, I'd rather just have a text, shoot me a text, tell me what you need, and then I'll reach out uh, if I deem that it is important enough for me to reach back out. Sometimes we do that, right? ignore, or we uh, let it go to voicemail, or we go to text, whatever it is. Uh, or or we sit at home, we have the TV blaring, we're, we're playing with the kids, we're playing games, we're living life, every light in the house is on, uh, having a great time, and we hear a knock on the door, and it turns into uh, a scramble, like a bad game of hide-and-seek, right? It turns into Mission Impossible 12. You've got little Johnny flipping over the back of the couch to hide behind the couch. You got people doing uh, belly dives underneath the beds right they just scatter and they they hide and all of a sudden what was loud and boisterous all of a sudden gets deathly quiet and if anybody comes in from outside or upstairs that doesn't know what's going on it says anything it's oh be quiet why there's somebody at the door Right, we don't know who they are. It's somebody we don't know, so we we, we hide, we scatter, and we, we disappear. You know, I gotta think, and why do we sometimes respond that way? Why do we let uh, people leave a voicemail? Why do we uh, hide when, when people knock on the door sometimes? Number one, we let people leave a voicemail because we wanna see if what they're asking or needing is worth our response and worth our effort sometimes. We see it, you know, the phone starts ringing, we look at it, and we instantly make a judgment call on is this conversation, is what they are calling me for, do I think that it is worth my time right now? And then we make a judgment call based on that. Well, I've got other things going on, I don't have time, leave a voicemail. Sometimes we, generally, we, we genuinely do not have time or we hide behind the couch and under the bed and pretend we aren't home because we don't want to be put in a situation that's uncomfortable. Somebody coming up to our door that we don't know and we don't know why they're there, you didn't call first, right? You just showed up. And somebody that we don't know coming up to our door, uh, it puts us in a situation that's uncomfortable. We don't know what comes next, right? Because we don't know this person. We don't know what they want. We don't know why they're here. And and the loss of control that we experience with that is is scary. And so we don't to lose control. We don't want to be able to dictate what comes next. That, that's that's normal human nature many times, right? It's it's not weird to be that way. It's normal human nature. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like to lose control, uh, and definitely not when it comes to our own house or our own uh, life, if you will. You know, we hear in the church all the time this phrase of being called, and I think that we kind of need to rephrase that terminology, and it's to be called on, right? Uh, Because being called is so uh, kind of out there and hard to to grab and hard to to reach reach and understand maybe. So what does it mean to be called on? Called on means to be selected, to be picked, to be uh, hand-picked to accomplish a task or function in a role in an environment. You see, the voicemail, we do it to God all the time. God speaks into our life. He tells us something, and we feel it. We know that God's speaking to us. But because we've got other things going right now, we don't really have time to figure out if what he's trying to tell us is really important or not. And so we kind of just want God to leave a message. God, leave a voicemail. And if I decide later, when I really think about what you're speaking to me, if I decide it's worth my time, then we'll talk about it. Or we, we hide behind the couch. I, I don't want to lose control. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I'm happy where I'm at, and I'm happy with the people I'm with. I don't want to introduce anything that's going to upset the apple cart, change my way of life, change the people I'm around, or change my situation. I'm happy where I'm at. So, God, if you come knocking, I'm not, I don't want to lose control or be uncomfortable, so I'm hiding behind the couch. I'm running, and I'm not going to be found. And so I'm not going to answer the door. I'm not going to answer the call because it's uncomfortable. When I was a youth pastor, uh, and we were in a great place at the time. Like our student body was growing tremendously. New kids were coming in all the time. Uh, p- lives were being changed. Lifestyles were being changed. Uh, it was just growing tremendously, and, and it was it was an exciting time. And I, my day job was about forty miles away, and I would drive uh, every morning to my 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 job. I, I would pray. That was my prayer time. Was was driving into work every morning. And I remember one morning, and I remember this day. Distinctly, I remember it like it was yesterday, and I remember I was I was all excited about the the youth group and the direction everything was going and where everything was headed. And I just felt like God was taking uh, us, my family, you know, myself and my wife, my kids. Just He was doing something, and He was taking us to a place that we hadn't been yet. It just felt like there was more. And I remember that morning driving into work, and and I prayed and I said, God, whatever you're whatever is next, whatever you have for me next, whatever you have, I'm ready for it. I say, God, here I am. Do what you will. Here I am. Lord, send me. And I began to feel at that point like God was was speaking into me. A couple days later, I kind of started, again, continually praying over this. And I felt like God was speaking to me. Hey, I've called you to pastor a church. Now a little backstory on this, my wife was a pastor's kid and my wife had told me from the time I married her, she said if you ever pastor a church, we will get a divorce. She had grown up in that setting and seen the heartache and seen the burden that comes with being a pastor. And she didn't want it for herself. She didn't want it for me. She didn't want it for our kids. And so she had told me that this is absolutely not going to happen. They'll never even bring it up to me because it's no. And and let me tell you, she meant it, okay? It was not an idle threat. So when I started feeling this, I I, I refused to even talk to her about it. I didn't go to her and say, hey, uh, babe, I feel like God is, is speaking to us to go pastor a church. No, when, when I started feeling that call and that urge and that pull, that tug, I told God flat out, I said, I'm not, I'm not even going to say anything. God, if this is truly what you've called us to do, then you're going to have to tell her because I'm not telling her. You're going to have to tell her. So a short time later, just a, f- a few weeks later, we took our students to church camp. And it was the first time many of them had been to church camp. And while we were there, man, God really moved and touched uh, our kids and while we were there, my wife pulled me off to the side, and she told me she wanted to talk to me about something. And she wanted me to be in prayer about something with her. And I said, okay, anything, name it. And so she told me, she said, listen, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I feel like God is calling us to pastor. Blew my mind. I, I'm sure my mouth my mouth hit the dirt. My mouth hit the floor, hit the ground, because to hear her who had been vehemently opposed to that lifestyle and that calling come to me when i had not i had never mentioned it to her never mentioned how i'd been feeling you see we'd seen the burden that comes with that calling and yet the calling was unmistakable it wasn't something we set out and we we set that as a benchmark something we wanted to do eventually no we had seen what comes with that and for those of you that that aren't in ministry roles. I'm going to tell you, love your pastor. Love those in in leadership in your church. Support them. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them on everything they do or agree with everything they say, but love them because they carry a burden that until you carry it, you can never understand it. It is a great responsibility. And so we had seen uh, all of those things through our upbringing with me being a pastor's kid my wife being a pastor's kid we knew what came with it and we didn't want it yet the calling of God was entirely 100% unmistakable you've heard the cliche that God doesn't want our ability he wants our availability and that is true but I'm gonna add something to that because it's not just our availability wants he doesn't care about our ability at all ability doesn't matter God doesn't want our ability He doesn't care what we're capable of because he wants to do the work, not you, not me. He wants to do the work. He wants to change people. He wants to reach out and and change situations and circumstances. He doesn't want our ability, he wants our availability. He wants us to be available. But I'm going to add to that because he doesn't just want our availability. He also wants our reliability. Let me tell you something. Availability does absolutely nothing if reliability is non-existence, that perseverance. The only way to have reliability is if, number one, you truly believe what you're saying. You truly believe in what you, your lifestyle and who God is and in your faith. You truly believe it. If you don't truly believe it, you will not have reliability. You will not be reliable. The first time something happens that is uncomfortable, you're going to hide behind the couch. The only way to have reliability is if you truly care. If you truly care about what you're doing, what you're functioning in, what you're working in, and if you truly care about people, the only way to be reliable is if you truly care. Because if you're just doing it to to fill a spot, if you're just doing it to fill a void, if you're just doing it because it's something to do, then the first time it becomes difficult or uncomfortable, you will bail. The only way to be reliable and have reliability is if you truly love. Love people, love what you do, love the calling. The only way to demonstrate reliability is to be true, to be real. If you are not real, not true, then reliability will not exist. That doesn't mean pretending everything is okay when it's not. That's not real either, right? That's, that's lying to yourself and lying to the people around you. But it's knowing that even when it hurts, when it's hard, the present will one day become the past. The current situation will one day become the previous situation. And what is will become what was. It will all one day be part of the past. It will all one day, to borrow from last week, it will all one day be part of the bicycle. The thing that taught you to get up and keep going, that taught you to persevere, God all through Scripture calls people who, who are incapable. They're, they're not capable of functioning in themselves in what he's called them to. But he calls them in specific areas. He called a shepherd to be royalty. He called a virgin to be a mother. He called a fisherman an, an outcast. He called fishermen an outcast to be the messengers of the gospel that would change the world. He doesn't choose you because you are able. He chooses you because you are not. You don't have to be able. You have to be available and reliable. You see, so many times, and especially in uh, pastoral roles and pastoral ministry, and, and I'm speaking from experience, there's a little bit of a celebrity status that can creep in and make us feel like we're capable, and we're doing a great work. But it's pride. And pride will always go before a fall. In Isaiah chapter 6, I'm going to start reading at verse 5 and then just talk through this just real briefly. Isaiah sees a vision of God and the majesty and the, the magnitude of God and the angels. And Isaiah falls down and he says, Woe to me! I cry. This is verse 5. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. I'm telling you, when you get a glimpse of God, the humanity, your humanity, will absolutely be prevalent on your mind. When you truly get a glimpse of who God is, I'm telling you, your humanity... Your, your imperfections. When you get a glimpse of God, you realize that you can't. It says, Then one of the seraphim flew, one of the angels, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. I'm telling you, those uh, five words, Here am I, send me. Man, they are so powerful. To say, God, I'm available. I'm available right here. Here am I, God, send me. I'm a man of unclean lips live among people of unclean lips but god you need somebody to go and speak here am i i'm available so as we close this thing out this week i want you first of all have you heard the knock on the door has god spoken to you in some way and said i i have a purpose for you i have a plan for you i want you to do something for me has he shown up on your doorstep And you hid because you were scared of how uncomfortable things were going to be. You hid because uh, you didn't want to be outside of your comfort zone. You didn't want to lose control over your situations and uh, the people in your life and those things. Or have you felt God speaking into you? I want to tell you something. Just take a step back. Look at your humanity and then look at the glory of God. Look at who God is. The fact that there is a God that loved us, that created all of this earth, and came and was willing to sacrifice his own son, sacrifice his life so to restore us to him. That is the beauty and the majesty of God. That is the gospel. So when he asks us to do something, understand that it's nothing that he wouldn't be willing to do himself. He doesn't care about if you're able or not able, because he is able. So have you heard the knock on the door? Have you heard God speak into you and you hid? You hid because you were scared. I'm going to tell you, don't be that way. Don't do that. When God speaks into your life, say, God, be like Isaiah. Say, God, I am unclean. I have unclean lips. You're going to have to make me what you want me to be. But, God, here I am. I'm available. And whatever task you give me, I will see it through to the end. If that's you, I want to tell you, just put yourself out there. Say, God, here I am. Send me speak to me use me accomplish what you want to accomplish in me and through me here i am and maybe you know we all get burnt out sometimes we all question is what we're really doing, making a difference? Is it really uh, doing anything? Or we're struggling in a situation, a time frame in our life and in, in ministry or even just in our own personal life where we question everything. We question uh, God moving in our life, God working in our life. We question all of those things and we say, God, did I miss you? Listen, when when, when we went back to, to pastor, there were so many times that I, I, I got on my knees and said, God, You have got the wrong guy. I'm not the right person for this. But every day I also said, God, I'm here, I'm available, and I'm going to go until I don't go anymore. So maybe you're in that situation in life where just everything seems to be falling apart Everything seems to just not be what it should be. It's not what you thought it was. You question everything. I'm going to tell you, hold the line. Understand that what is today is going to be tomorrow. Stand firm. Wait on God. When things are good, lean on God. When things are bad, lean on God because he is the one that called you he is the one that gave you the task to accomplish and he is the one that will provide the ability and the capability because it's his plan and it's his capability that matters so hold the line stay true to the calling that god has placed on your life be available Be reliable and just be real.